Have you ever wondered how you can make a difference in the world? Maybe you're searching for something that can change your life, or maybe you're looking for something, anything really, that could fill that space in your heart that never seems to stay occupied for too long. If this is you, no matter your age or where you are right now, this episode, this podcast, is for you. I'm your host, Peyton, and we're going to talk about this book called The Bible, A Man Called Jesus, and how he can change your life. Welcome to the Jesus Sampler podcast, and welcome to episode 20. Y'all, I'm so excited for this episode because it is part two of Getting Real. If you want to listen to part one, we did do an episode on that last week, so you can go back and listen to episode 19, but episode 20 is going to be part two. So without further ado, again, welcome to episode 20, and let's dive into it. Hello, hello. We are back again. Welcome back to the podcast really fast. How are you guys? I hope you're having a great morning, afternoon, or night, depending on when you're listening. And also, if you are listening, this episode will probably drop late Saturday night on the 16th. I will tell you why. So if you have uh, my Instagram, if you're following at the Jesus Sampler on Instagram, you saw the story, um, why this is going up a little bit later. I traveled to Nashville to move my niece there. Um, She recently got promoted. So Madison, if you're listening, congratulations. I love you so much. Um, So we drove there this morning. We left left about 7.30 and the drive was pretty good. We did get to a gas station and y'all, my favorite road trip snack. My favorite road trip snack is officially Lay's pickle chips. I'm just on a pickle kick right now and I could not find them. I was so mad. I was they had everything. They had grippos, they had regular potato chips and I was looking down the aisle and I was like you're kidding me. Like they don't have Lay's pickle chips. I was craving them. And that was a letdown, but we got there okay. Um it didn't take too long. We get there, we're moving around, you know, all the vibes are good. Spirits are high. We're just on a high. It was just so fun. And but there's always something with me, um, another event in the life of Peyton's where we can't go one episode without having something like this uh, pop up. But so uh, I really wanted to help. If you know me, you know, I love to help out. And so my sister is like, hey, go get the steamer because we had to steam some stuff that is in the apartment. Um, the bed was put together and everything. So I was like, I'll go get it. Like, I'll, I'll go get it. I'll go get it. Oh, my gosh. I walked out of the car. I unlocked the car. I find the steamer in the back and I broke it. (laughs) I broke the steamer. I broke it. I felt so bad. I walked up and I sat it down on the floor and and just everyone looked at me and I was like, I think I broke it. (laughs) But, but my sister's husband, Greg, he came through and he fixed it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, because it was supposed to be a present to Madison from her mom. So that present is officially put back together and it works. So I feel a lot better about that. But yes, that's why this episode is up so late. But on the bright side, can you guys believe at the time of this recording, it's only nine days until Christmas. The holidays pass by way too quick, I think, in my opinion. It's like one minute it's Thanksgiving and you're eating the turkey and stuffing and you blink and you're around the Christmas tree with a mug of hot cocoa. And I get it. That may be some of you before Thanksgiving. I know. No hate. No hate. It passes by way too quick and you got to take advantage of decorating and getting everything up because it goes by in the blink of an eye. 
And I swear, if y'all have been to Hobby Lobby, the craft store I mentioned in an earlier episode, it's like they taunt you with all the holiday decorations, right? I'm like, there's so much cute stuff, but you only keep it up for like two months or maybe until the end of February, who knows? But will I still buy the gingerbread ornaments, stockings, a snowman statue, and a Christmas tree candle holder, and the gingerbread man with dimples that's wearing a cute apron? If you've seen the reel on my Instagram, you know what I'm talking about. We just recently decorated. Yes, I will. No hesitation. It's all in the studio now. (laughs) All right. So it is that time again in the podcast. It is testimony time. This one is all about the goodness of God because y'all, he is so good. He allowed that steamer to be fixed. He is so good. Thank you, Jesus, for that. So literally that's the slogan for this one, the goodness of God, because God is good all the time. God was literally in Nashville with us today because I found out that Madison actually lives down the road from a church, the Belonging Co. If anyone knows uh, how their services go, please, please uh, put something in the comments on an Instagram reel. I really want to know because I'm going to go down there uh, maybe in a couple weeks and we're going to go together. I'm super duper excited for that. But he showed up there too. And I'm just so excited for her to be there. But I'm so excited that church is right down the road. Like you don't have to rush and get ready because it's like, literally two minutes down the road. So thank you, Jesus, for that. That is a hallelujah thing. Um, But the goodness of God, I know that's such a cliche saying that you learned in like vacation Bible school, if you ever went or like summer camp, or maybe if you're new, you might be like, what do you even mean? (laughs) So what I mean is this, Jesus has been good to me because he allows me to come to him as I am, allows me to call the shot, whether I accept him into my heart. But let me tell you, He is a pretty good persuader. So I encourage you to come to Jesus as you are right now. Come to him with all your trouble, with all your past, with all your mistakes, with all your slip-ups, with all everything you have, everything you got. You come to him right now. Some may ask Peyton, why do you start every single podcast episode with a testimony? I mean, no hate, girl, but why? My answer to that is a testimony literally means a statement, claim, or evidence of something. My testimonies, right, are evidence that Jesus is real in my life, how he's came through and provided what I needed, no matter if it's protecting me from unseen dangers, reminding me of a Bible verse that fits perfectly to my situation, or even speaks to me through a song that encourages me in a hard time. Jesus always shows up, and when he does, he shows out. No stops pulled. It's all gas, no brakes with Jesus. And again, testimonies don't have to be big to be impactful. Man, that is good, so I'm going to say it again. Testimonies don't have to be big to be impactful, okay? Like, they don't have to be some long, eloquent speech that talks about how, you know, God's really moved in your life. It can just be, God got me through another hard week at school. God got me through finals week. God got me through this big, huge presentation that I had to do at work, and God got me through that. I'm still alive this morning, thank God. I still woke up today. Thank God. God got me through another day. Thank God. It's just thanking God. It's acknowledging him. Testimonies acknowledge who God is. But I'm here to tell you, your life alone can be a testimony of a living God. And I encourage you to allow your life to be a testimony of just who Jesus is to you because it's personal. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Bible does tell us that, but he is personal. And I want to know what Jesus has done for you. I really do. Um, so if you have a testimony or, or just want to talk about Jesus, put it in the comment section down below. I believe Spotify does have comments there. So 
put it down below how Jesus has changed you this week or moved for you this week. I'd love to hear about it. So as always, let's kick off the pod with a quick book breakdown. So we are still in Colossians, the same book as last week, and the main theme of this story is teaching principles for living a Christian life in the middle of a non-Jesus world. Man, that's a tough one. This one is tough. Being a follower of Jesus isn't always easy. Just a newsflash there. It's it's not going to always be, you know, peaches and cream, as they say. Do people even still say that? Probably older people. Anyway, <laughs> so the people in the Bible are basically living proof and blueprints, showing us that a walk like this and living a life for Jesus is a challenge. Sometimes you'll have to go against popular trends and opinions, and you probably won't be the most popular person in the room. I'm just going to tell you right here, right now. Some hot topics that this book covers includes how to please God, how to develop a stable walk with God, thinking like a Christian, practicing spiritual self-defense because we do have an enemy, and becoming an awesome prayer warrior. So we are still talking about the book of Colossians this week. As I mentioned before, we're still in the city of Colossae with the people who are putting Jesus on the sidelines. And our writer here is the man of the hour, Paul, who at this point is in prison in Rome. So our guy hears about all the crazy stuff that's happening, right? The attacks that are being hurled at the church in the city. And safe to say, he got riled up. So what does our main guy here do? If you guessed wrote a letter, you'd be right. Uh, we talked about Paul a lot. And, and this guy can write, man. Like this guy, he seems to write a ton. He heard about the issues and faced them head on. No fear. No fear. He was an all gas, no brakes, nitty gritty type of guy. And I don't know if I've ever talked about this before, but Paul was like a David in some ways, the bad mamma jamma, you don't want to mess with me type of guy. Um, David was the one who we talked about this in, I think, episode three, where he went and he slayed Goliath, the giant. He was like, who are you coming up against the army of the living God? Let me just give me that slingshot and a stone. And Goliath went down. The devil took an L on that one for sure as always. <laughs> so basically in this book, Paul describes Christ as the center of the universe, not just the active creator, but the one who became a man, came down from heaven where the streets are gold and the gates are pearl and there's no crying, no dying or fear for the sake of humanity, for our sake, you and me, to reconcile all things back to him, including us. I mean, think about it for a moment. At any point, especially on the cross when the Roman soldiers struck him, beat him more than any other man in history, drove nails into his hands and feet, and mocked him. He could have called legions of angels to come and save him. The Bible says in Matthew 26, 53, if you want to go look that up, Jesus is speaking and he is saying basically, do you think that I can't call on my father and he will dispatch a league of angels to come and rescue me. So Jesus is basically reminding these people, these soldiers, these higher ups who think they're all that and they're all high and mighty, just who his father is, just who his father is. And sometimes we need to do that too. Remember who Jesus is and who our father is. Remember who you are in Jesus, that you're called beloved and friend not condemned or a lost cause because the devil will make you think that all day long. He will come and taunt you with your past or that slip up that you did, even when you've already prayed over it. He's like, do you remember that? 
no. <laughs> I just want to turn around to say no, because Jesus doesn't. So why should we? Or how about another aspect um, of Jesus's life? When he was in the wilderness for 40 days, not hours, y'all, days being tempted. He was hungry. He was thirsty. And here comes the devil himself being tempted and had a face off with Satan. He could have said, you know what? I tap out. I'm done. I want to go back to heaven. Where's, where's my ticket? But he didn't. Why? Because he loved you that much. John 3.16, going back to the basics here. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. God freely gave his son knowing every single thing that was going to happen to him. He was watching it all play out like a film. And that, that right there, that's the greatest act of love that the world will ever see in history. There's no book, no movie, or any type of fleeting feeling, no, ma no matter how many followers you have, no matter how many likes you get on a picture. There's nothing that compares to knowing the love of God because everything else is fleeting. There's going to come a time where it's just going to be you again. You're just going to be alone. You know, there's not going to be, you know, uh, someone to answer your phone call all the time. And, and sometimes I've found in my life personally here, when that happens, it's Jesus normally saying, hey, let's talk. Or, hey, you can turn to me right now and I can be the best friend you, could, you ever had. We are literally told that he's closer than a brother. He sticks closer than a brother. And of course, the one who was without sin, meaning Jesus, was spotless. Was, he is love. He is peace. He is joy in human form at that time. The man named Jesus came down to earth to face the most horrible pain in the world for us. He took on all sins, bear the weight for our sake out of love. So let's take a look at our verse spotlight for this episode here. So we are in Colossians again. It is chapter 3, verse 10. Again, that is Colossians 3.10. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. And the verse says, And have put on the new man, who is renewed in knowledge, according to the image of him who created him. Okay, enough with the heavy talk. I know we got a little bit heavy there, but how about we talk about this verse for a minute because this one is super duper good. If you tuned in for the last episode, we chatted a little bit about the old man of verse nine, hitting the refresh button. The old man is the old version of yourself before you met and accepted Jesus into your heart. The you that the devil loved to fool. The you that felt alone and in the dark that even after everything was said and done, there was a tiny space inside your heart that was empty. Despite everything you tried to do to fill it, social media, parties, maybe drinking or drugs, staying late at work just to keep yourself busy, going for long drives, whatever those things might look like for you. You know what I'm talking about here. And it's different for everyone. But that space just wouldn't get filled. And I'm here to tell you that today, Jesus can fill that space and it'll never be empty again. He'll evict everything that the enemy has tried to pull you down with. He'll evict every lie. He'll evict every negative thought. And he'll fill your mind with a newness, that new man that we're talking about. He makes everything new. That's what Jesus does. And I'm not perfect either, okay? I, I'm not here telling you I'm some high and mighty person with no flaws. No. I mean, I'm not perfect at all. When I first read through the third chapter, I was finding inconsistencies in my personality that don't match up to who I'm supposed to be as a daughter of Jesus. I don't show mercy when someone cuts me off in traffic. 
kindness or patience when my coffee takes longer than usual on my lunch break and I'm running late. And I'm not always the most gentle person. But that's where a thing called mercy is offered to us from Christ. So Jesus loves you despite your faults, and he died to cleanse you from all your failures and mistakes. And I think, let's talk about this for a minute. I think we have this view of Jesus as this big man upstairs. And we often forget that he can speak in a language we understand. And it's not all about commands and Bible scripture all the time. Yes, those are extremely important, not saying that they aren't. We wouldn't know who Jesus is without them, right? But he also understands we need to hear even the most simple reminders like how much he loves us. We often forget that he is also a teacher, bringing the lessons of forgiveness by showing us his sacrifice on the cross, applying wisdom in all situations. He exemplifies love as they whipped and beat him, and yet he still asked God to forgive the soldiers who caused him so much pain, right? He said, forgive them for they know not what they do. He did it all to set us free and give you a chance, a chance to experience a relationship that is a total package, unending love, grace, and encouragement. And to top it off, I have news for you, and I feel so horrible because I didn't mention this in the previous episode. You don't have to stay in that place of darkness and loneliness and keep trying to fill that void that just won't get filled, that place of not feeling like you're enough, the place of darkness and depression, of loneliness and fleeting satisfactions. That place is called the grave. Okay, don't freak out, okay? (laughs) There's an analogy here, okay? But just like salvation, this is a choice. I'll be honest, you can stay there. You can stay rooted in that place of temporary happiness and comfort. But there will always be something missing. But let me tell you, there's a man that stands at the grave, rolls back the stone, and stretches out his hand. Light floods the place that was once full of darkness. My question to you is this. Will you take the hand of the man who has defeated death, hell, and the grave? Will you take the hand of the man that has walked through fire, healed, and set people free? It's your choice today. But I'm going to tell you, I'm here to tell you, choose Jesus. Just say yes. It doesn't have to be some eloquent moment. Just say, Jesus, please come into my heart today. Please forgive me of all my sins and come into my heart. Jesus said that he sets before us two choices, death and life. But here's the thing about Jesus. Man, I love his personality because he tells us what to choose. He gives us a cheat code. (laughs) He does. He gives us a cheat code. He says, basically, this day, choose life. And who is Christ known as? the way, the truth, and you guessed it, the life. He is the way out of the grave, out of the darkness of sin. He is the truth that silences every lie from the enemy, bringing you out of the darkness and into his light. And he is the life, offering salvation, the ultimate gift of life we could receive, right? And an eternity in heaven with him to top it off. That's like icing on the cake there, dude. Like, can you get any better than that? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. There's really no losing with Jesus. There's really no losing. He never takes an L. I mean, he really doesn't. Now, why are there no losses? Because here's the thing. Jesus always offers something new in replacement of the past and what was old. He replaces shame with freedom, loneliness with love, and joy in place of sadness. And that's just naming a couple from my life alone personally. You, as a follower of Christ, might have other examples to give too. But ultimately, he fills that void in your heart that couldn't seem to get filled no matter what you do, right? Our verse spotlight states that you have to put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. 
I believe one of the best people we can look at in the Bible for an example of this transformation is Paul himself. Yes, the same man who wrote this book we're talking about. In case you didn't know, Paul had a pretty rough background. In fact, he was hunting Christians down and throwing them in prison for believing in Jesus. He felt threatened by this man, Jesus. He had never met that was changing lives. But then Jesus showed up. Paul was on the road to Damascus with a letter, and he was going to keep, go- keep on going, imprisoning Christians. And Jesus showed up, knocked this guy right off his horse and basically says, why are you persecuting me? And if Jesus can literally knock a guy off his horse to get his attention and turn his life around, I mean, Paul, you look at Paul in this book, I mean, he's completely changed. He's on fire for God, right? He's writing about how Jesus can change your life and, and just did a full 180 in the right direction. If he can do that with Paul, he can change your life too, because nobody is too far gone for God. So looking back at the first spotlight, you may be asking, what are the characteristics of this new creation we are to put on? I don't blame you, okay? This newness in Christ can seem overwhelming with the pressure of the world and culture weighing on your shoulders. So following Christ goes against culture today for the most part. But if Jesus could walk through this life blameless with no sin, so can we. He is our prime example of the new man we are to pour ourselves into. So chapter three is titled Living the New Life and can help us in understanding just how Jesus directs us to live in light of him. Some ways that we can exercise qualities of the new man after accepting Christ include avoiding places or temptations that may lead you into sin. This means being careful of the music you listen to if you struggle with cussing, being careful of the things you watch, or hey, maybe you're in college or are in school. This could mean being careful of the people you hang out with or the places you go. The Bible does warn us that bad company corrupts good character. The devil loves to play the game of, oh, you can change them. Just go out with them and talk about Jesus just a little bit. You know, it'll get in their mind. When in reality, Jesus was the one who changed you. He changed you. So getting into the specifics here, what things you could do. Instead of hitting the parties on a Friday night, opt for a Jesus drive. Put together a playlist of Christian songs and just drive and jam out, y'all. I mean, don't underestimate that because sometimes the best Jesus moments can happen when you're alone in your car with the windows down blaring a Brandon Lake song. Yes, that was me once. That's why that's so specific. Um, Or you can crack open a Bible and start reading a few chapters in Psalms or the Gospel of John or Luke. So basically, you can pray for the people that you used to hang out with or you're feeling, you know, that conviction in your heart of maybe I shouldn't go out this weekend. Maybe I should. That's Jesus. That's how he works sometimes is through conviction, that heavy feeling on your heart. It's called conviction. So you can pray for them instead of hang with them. That is something that just popped into my mind. So I thought I'd share it here. Pray for them instead of hang with them. And it's hard. Cutting ties with people is hard. I'm not saying, you know, just like totally go away and never, ever speak to them again. I mean, still be friendly toward them, be kind. But Jesus says, be separate from the world. Don't run with them. You know, pray for them. And praying for someone is honestly the best thing that you could ever do because some that's personal. Praying for someone is getting personal with God about them and, and just praying for them. You know, going to God and saying, hey, this is hard. Go to him and say, hey, it's really hard. 
you know, turning away from my old life and he'll help you. Um, just from personal experience, he definitely will. And I saw a quote this week that follows along with this verse that said, you will never have authority over the things you choose to be entertained by. Take my life, for example. Music was something I struggled with, y'all. I struggled with it so bad. And I'm not trying to be a hall monitor Christian by saying, oh, you shouldn't listen to so-and-so or you're going to hell. No, but I do believe what you listen to ultimately has influence over your life. Just being honest here. So be careful about what you're listening to because it puts thoughts into your head. So for me, whenever I listen to secular music, there would always be an emotion attached to the song, good and bad. I would associate memories with certain songs and immediately be taken back to something I did not want to remember in my mind. And comparing that to music that talks about Jesus, it's just different. There's no past, no bad memories, no depression that creeps into your head with sad thoughts because the only news Jesus carries is good news. The only news that Jesus carries is good news. The enemy loves to taunt you with what you've done, but here's the thing. Jesus doesn't recall your past, so stop living like he remembers it. Stop dwelling on the past. Oh, I could have done this. Oh, I should have done that. Stop. Stop. Just stop. 100% full stop break. Hit the brakes. Pump the brakes. Stop. That day is gone. There's no getting it back. There's no getting back yesterday. There's no getting back last year. But the Bible, man, the Bible has an answer for everything. The Bible says God's mercies are new every single morning. So that tells me he goes with us every day upon accepting him into our heart. There's not one day that he's not right there with you. Even if you slip up, even if you make a mistake, even if you turn around, and you try to walk away, he'll still be pulling on you saying, hey, come this way. Come back to me. Come home. Like the prodigal son we talked about last week, the story ended with the prodigal son coming home and the father greeting him with a robe and a ring. Jesus is not going to say, go back to the pigsty, go back to the mud, go back to your past life. I'm done with you. No. He always offers mercy. He always offers grace. He wipes away your past. He wipes away your sin and says, welcome home. I've missed you because that is the love of God. However, <laughs> just being real, accepting Jesus doesn't mean your temptations and problems won't go away with the snap of a finger. They just won't. But it does mean you have a defender being Jesus that will fight with you and for you against any type of situation that could separate you from him. Like, I've always loved if a guy is protective, right? If I go out with a guy and he's real protective, you know, I'm not saying controlling, that's a totally different thing, but if he's protective, you know, you've heard of the sidewalk thing. <laughs> if you haven't, uh, if you're walking down the sidewalk with a guy, he'll walk on the side of, uh, of you, that's, that's the curb and the road, right? So if something happens, you know, you're safe, but you know, that he will defend me and stick up for me if somebody was talking bad about me. Like, hey, you know, that's my girl. Don't talk about her. You know, guys, if you're listening, take notes. <laughs> just kidding. Um, but physical relationships are just examples of Christ's love for us. I believe that he gave those to us as examples, different examples, of course, of just how much he cares about us, just how much he loves us. And I realized that Jesus is very protective because that's a top quality of who he is. You know, he doesn't like it whenever, you know, he can see the enemy trying to get on your ground and, and torment you and taunt you and with your past. And Jesus is just, I can just see him just rolling up his sleeves, getting ready to, to deck the devil in the face. And the devil's like, oh, God, totally, 
I totally forgot that you switched sides and uh, you serve Jesus now. I'm going to run away because uh, I see Jesus heading towards me and this don't look good because <laughs> he always loses. The devil always, always loses when he's up against Jesus. And here's just a little reminder for you, too. And I really want to talk about this for a minute. Jesus did not say you had to earn salvation or a relationship with him. I'm probably going to cry because this is just so, um, for me, you know, (laughs) this is just emotional (laughs) to talk about. Um, Jesus did not say you had to earn salvation or a relationship with him. He said it is finished before dying on the cross. What's finished, you might ask? The plan to save us from sin. We officially have the way made. We had it made when he died and rose again three days later, defeating death, hell, and the grave. The devil thought he had Jesus pinned down. He thought he had won, but buddy, he was wrong. Like always, the devil is stupid and he is wrong. Like, can you imagine the look on his face when the stone rolled back and Jesus walked out of the tomb alive again? He's back, baby. Jesus was like, oh, you thought you could get rid of me, huh? That easy? Yeah, yeah, try harder next time. Oh, wait, you can't because you killed me and I still beat you even in death. Like, I never lose, man. Like, I never lose. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Jesus Christ is unmatched. He is completely unmatched. Okay, so I promise we're wrapping up. We're getting toward the end. I promise. Um, I just want to talk on the topic of prayer for a minute. So I saw a quote recently that said, the quality of your conversation with God will determine the type of relationship you have with him. And I thought, how many times when I pray, is it just a grocery list of things I need, or let's be real, the things I want, instead of just talking to God for a minute, just having a conversation with him, you get to talk to God. And how are we spending that time? Yes, God wants wants us to tell him about the things we need right now. But he also just wants to talk, to have a one-on-one conversation with you. I don't know if you guys have heard this song by Brandon Lake, and I want to say it's Elevation Worship or Maverick City, one of the two, Talking to Jesus. Y'all, go listen to that song. That song is probably the anthem of this episode, Talking to Jesus. Think of it like a friendly meetup for coffee on a Saturday. That's how, you know, maybe you think of prayer that way. You get ready, you grab your purse, or if you're a guy, just grab your car keys and head out the door to the cafe. You prepare by bringing your wallet because how embarrassing is that when you order and don't have what you need to pay? Thank you, Jesus, for Apple Pay, right? Thank you, Jesus, for that. You sit down and chat a while with your friend, maybe about how tough the work week is or the holiday coming up, upcoming vacations and updates on the fam. Or if you're in college, maybe it's a sorority fraternity events or, you know, finals week or whatever it is. You know, you just have a real, raw, honest conversation with them. You just have what I like to call a comfort conversation. So I encourage you, start having comfortable conversations with Jesus and be real with him. I'm not saying treat him, you know, disregard the whole holy thing because he is holy, but just talk to him. Just have a real conversation with him. Be real with him. Yes, he's holy and deserves praise, but he also just wants you to speak to him like a friend. So talk to him today because I can assure you that A, you will not regret it, and B, he is waiting to respond to your call. So you may be asking, Peyton, what is prayer? Um, I wasn't raised in church and don't even understand what to do. 
do you have to be in a church pew kneel? Because I'm going to be honest, I'm not trying to be uncomfortable. Oh gosh, do you have to pray out loud? I don't want anyone hearing about my life. This is so intimidating. Relax. I got you, as always. Let's break down the word pray. Here we go with the acronyms again. Shout out to the genius who came up with this. I saw it on uh, the Instagram account is Pro Church Media on Instagram. Y'all are awesome, by the way. So they broke down pray like this. Pause, reflect, ask, and yield. And I took it in my own context and I broke it down for myself. So here it is. Press the pause button in your life and find a place to be alone with God. This could be in your car, your room, your kitchen, really, it could be anywhere. Then reflect on the day you've had or your feelings and talk to God about them. I'm not saying dwell on the past because that's not who you are anymore. I'm saying be real with God. You can even reflect on past Bible verses you've read or a sermon that you've heard and just have a convo with God about them. Ask him questions because he loves to talk to you, right? He loves to have a conversation with you. Ask for God. Again, this is ask, right? Ask for God to give you what he wants for you, not what you think you need. I talked about this in the last episode, what you think might be good for you. Honestly, it's not always the case, right? So ask for peace over any anxious situations, for loved ones to get saved. Ask for more understanding of the Bible to get closer with God and a desire to spend time with him daily. Jesus said in 1 John 5, 14, we're going to read it really fast, New King James Version, now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And finally, yield to God. Surrender everything to him, your struggle, your past that you were constantly thinking about that the enemy taunts you with, your dreams and plans. Just surrender it all. Because when we do, God goes to work in your life and things will fall into place how they should go. And you can truly say, hey, I'm not worried anymore because God's got this. God's got it and I'm not going to be worried. And here's the thing about praying. It produces something in your life every single time you participate in it. You grow in Jesus. And that's just really an amazing feeling is whenever you know that your faith is growing. And I want to ask you a question to think about after the episode or maybe during the episode. If you have a notebook, write this down, maybe write it in your notes app. Who is Jesus to you? Let me say that again. Who is Jesus to you? Is he a close friend that you speak to every day or the holidays, y'all? I'm throwing out an example or a distant relative that you see like once or twice a year and it gets kind of awkward and you get that awkward side hug and a small talk for a total of 10 seconds. Like, hey, how are you? Good. How are you? How's work? Great. Oh, nice. And then it's that awkward. I'm going to go get dessert now. Okay, bye. <laughs> but my point is, Jesus wants to be more than a distant relative you see on holidays, but he wants to be your best friend. The one you run to when your heart is heavy with problems from life. The one you talk 100 miles an hour to out of excitement. Pour out your heart to him. Or just tell him details about your day. Tell him, hey, I'm really struggling with anger because, God, I know you heard me kind of get a little mad because I got cut off in traffic. Um, or I'm really struggling with this test. I'm really anxious about it. I've studied everything and I'm still anxious. I can't sleep. And these are all prime examples from my college days and now from working in corporate America. 
It's sometimes a struggle. I'm on the struggle bus on that morning commute sometimes, not going to lie. But again, he wants to be more than that distant relative. He wants to be your best friend. And the beautiful thing is this isn't one-sided. It's not a one-sided thing. Jesus loves and wants to speak to you today. I know I normally do this later in the episode. Honestly, it's kind of late now, (laughs) but I think it needs to be talked about right now. If you're listening and don't know Jesus, maybe you feel like your heart is beating really fast or your mind is wondering, how can I even start this journey that she's talking about? I really want to, I really want to, but I don't know how. If this is you right now, pray this with me. Dear Jesus, please forgive me of all my sins. Wipe away my past and make me new in you. Please come into my heart and make it your home. Let my life be a story of how you can change people and set them free, of how your love conquers anything the enemy can bind people up with. You're bigger than my mistakes, my sin, my past, my guilt, and my shame. You call me friend. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. If you'd have to do it all over again for my sake, you would do it in a heartbeat because that is how much you love me. And allow me to be a witness for you and to tell others who you are and what you've done for me. Amen. If you can't tell, I'm smiling because I, I always love to do that. And I, and I know I think I missed it last time. Um, just that part of the episode always means something to me because whenever someone says yes to Jesus, their whole life changes in the best way. And I always, I love the fact that God has given me you know, um, this moment in the episode to really lead someone to Jesus. And, and it's not me, you know, it's always Jesus. And I'm so thankful and blessed for that. And congratulations. I don't know if congratulations is the right thing to say. Um, I'm so happy for you if you prayed that prayer with me. And also just a little dose of encouragement before we close here. I saw this quote again, gosh, with the quotes, man. Um, it said this, take Sunday with you every day. In other words, don't leave Jesus behind in the church pew after the service is over or after the online sermon ends. Bring him with you out the door and into the world, into everyday life, because that's where we will help people to see him, because your world looks different than mine. You know, I I know that we have listeners from all over, and and I know everyone's life is different. Um, Some of you are in college. Some of you are in high school. We have listeners of really all ages. Honestly, some people are working jobs. Some people are retired. You can reach people that I can't. And y'all, there are so many ways to spread the good news of Jesus now that it's unreal. I mean, you have social media, you have podcasts, you have word of mouth. Um, you just get togethers, you know, even on holidays, you can talk about Jesus if you wanted to. There's just so many ways that you can spread the good news. It's unreal. And with that, it's a wrap on episode 20. That is it for episode 20. And I know really fast before we close, I know I said earlier in the season, earlier in the episode, there was only going to be 20 episodes. Newsflash, there's going to be more. This is not the end of season one. So hooray for that, right? (laughs) We're going to keep the ball rolling. So don't forget to hit that follow button at the top. We are at 61 followers now. So let's try and hit, let's say, 100 by December 31st. So hit that follow button. Let's try to hit that goal by December 31st. Give us a five-star rating so more people can find the podcast. And share the show with someone for encouragement or to introduce them to Jesus. Follow our Instagram at the Jesus Sampler to stay updated on all things TJS. I drop new episodes every weekend. Again, most of the time on Saturdays. Holla, this is like really late. You guys might not uh, hear this until early Sunday or maybe through the week. I don't know when you guys listen, but 
we did it. It's probably going to go up on Saturday. As always, do not forget to tell someone about Jesus today. Have a great week and I will see you in the next episode. See you later.